And that's a big myth for me because you don't have to have a degree. You don't have to have all these fancy, you know, titles in some cases. What you need to do is have a market with people that want to buy something. And if, if you just know what people want to buy, that's pretty good. You don't have to be smarter or you just have to have the wherewithal to take action. Welcome to Conversations on Startups, a podcast brought to you by Douglas Ross, author of the book Spark Click Go, How to Bring Your Creative Business Idea to Life, and Glenn Seward of Today's Great Idea, a radio series featuring over 300 origin stories of businesses, brands, and inventions that have changed the culture. Welcome to today's conversation. Today, I think we're going to do part two of the episode we did last week, which was about myths, myths in terms of being an entrepreneur. And we had a lot of discussion last week about it, but there's still a lot of myths out there. Doug, what's another myth that we haven't talked about? Well, this is a pretty common one, Glenn. Entrepreneurialism is a way to get rich. Not said, but the subtext could be for everybody, or it could be at least for me. Substitute your name in here. Obviously, some people do very well, and it is one of the main reasons to become an entrepreneur, is that you do get more of the upside of what you create in terms of product, service, business, all of that. So yes, there is the upside, no question. But it's not the case that all entrepreneurs are rich. It's like saying this, Glenn, you know, many good hockey players, in fact, many of the best hockey players come from Canada. That's not the same as saying every Canadian is a great hockey player. I know I'm both a Canadian and not a good hockey player. So I think it's a myth that it's a get rich quick scheme for everybody. Yes, it does not happen overnight. Most of the people I know or dealt with They've struggled for a long period of time before something happens and it becomes viable. Here's an example. You know, one of the stories I do for my Today's Great Idea radio series about people who had great ideas and did something with them. I'll see if you can guess, you know, you tell me if you recognize which company this is. Evelyn and David lived in Detroit. Like a lot of people, she's a good cook and she happened to make a dessert for her husband's boss and her boss, husband's boss loved it. So naturally, you know, they thought about it. Maybe Evelyn should open a dessert shop. And it was a great success. It was very good. And that was the end of the story. Of course, not really, because um, she wanted to raise her family. They were young. So she gave up the shop so she could be at home with the kids. And then she made some desserts on the side for local restaurants. And, you know, that's what she did. But, you know, 15 years later, after doing this, she and her husband moved to Los Angeles and she starts selling desserts out of a wholesale bakery to local restaurants. That's fine. And then five years after that, her son opens a sandwich shop and the sandwich shop sells her desserts. Things go well. And they expand the little sandwich shop. And then five years later, they open a second sandwich shop with the desserts. And then six years after that, like, you know, a new one, which was very successful. Then Still another five years, they had a few more, and then they went crazy. And today they have over 200 restaurants across the U.S., sales of over $2 billion a year. They're very famous for the dessert and other food that they have. Any ideas, Doug? Cheesecake Factory? Very good guess, the Cheesecake Factory. 
it wasn't an overnight success. They had the hurdles. They didn't intend it to become this way, but they took their time to do it right. And that's what happens. So you end up with a story that's not an overnight success, but very good success. Sometimes it takes a long, long time <laughs> yeah, to be I, successful. I agree. And one thing that blows me away about that place is, you know, you'd think they would experiment with some of these cheesecakes and narrow it down to the top sellers. I cannot believe how many they have, not to mention the rest of their menu. Hard to imagine how they make money. You know, I wonder if they cut back during the recent pandemic. But um, your story reminds me of another person who has not himself become a household name, but his company has. This is a 20-plus year overnight success story. So the person that I'm talking about actually immigrated to Canada as a young person. He came from Lebanon, went to Montreal, did schooling there, went up through the sciences, eventually went to MIT, became really interested in forming science-based companies. And he started to do that. He created his own organization to do that, fund them, and also get them off their feet. And over the course of the last 20 years, he's founded some 50 companies. But only one you might know because this was the first and arguably the most effective vaccine against this scourge, COVID-19. You know who I'm talking about? At least the company. Okay, so this is Moderna. This is the story of Moderna. Nubar Afayan is the fellow's name. So 20 years, you know, he did have some success with those companies, but this is a real hit it out of the park type of thing. Well, there's lots we could talk about on COVID, that's for sure. Um, (laughs) Hey, podcast listeners, we're going to take a short break now. If you're enjoying the show, feel free to invite your friends, remember to subscribe, and if you want to help spread the word, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Each episode of Conversations on Startups focuses on a single topic. If you want to comment on something you've heard on the podcast or suggest a topic for us to cover in a future episode, send an email to go at todaysgreatidea.com or douglas at sparkclickgo.com. Glenn and I appreciate you and hope you find our uncut and unrehearsed stories, perspectives, and tips helpful. Speaking of helpful stuff, let's pick up where we left off. So Doug, we've talked about it doesn't happen overnight. People think it it does. That's a myth. No, it doesn't happen overnight. You're going to be rich. Yeah, that doesn't happen. It will potentially if things go well, but Lots of people don't get rich. They struggle for a long period of time. Another myth is I need to be smarter and uh, have better information. And that's a big myth for me because you don't have to have a degree. You don't have to have all these fancy you know, titles in some cases. What you need to do is have a market with people that want to buy something. And if, if you just know what people want to buy, that's pretty good. You don't have to be smarter or you just have to have the wherewithal to take action, I think. That's one of the myths I run into. You know, I think one way I could see rephrasing that to people who think of that is that there's going to be nobody smarter than you in an area where you are really focusing and you're taking those initial steps and you're maybe adjusting 
something about your product or service or how you sell it or the price point or any numbers of things, the insights that you get from the humans that you've been interacting that you, you know, hope to turn into customers or that are customers are going to make you the, if I may, master of that domain. <laughs> but to start with, I totally agree. You don't have to be a wizard to do this stuff. No, you could be anybody. Just to understand what people want. Any other myths to jump out at you? This is a common one. Tell me if you've heard of this one before and whether it prompts any uh, examples. Build it and they will come. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. It worked in Field of Dreams. And I love that movie. It's really a classic movie. I love that. We could probably dissect it and figure out how that actually turned out to be a success. But um, Build It and They Will Come is a myth because nobody knows what you're doing if you're only building it. And you're not talking about it along the way. You're not figuring out or working with innovators or cultivating early adapters, you know, people that are likely to use it early. And you're in stealth mode. The day you launch, you're probably going to have crickets. Unless it is gaining publicity for some reason, that's a different story. Yeah, then you just have to build it. Or you've already got a massive audience, which is part of the long-term gain here. If you're building a, an audience, if you're Steve Jobs, people are going to listen when you go and do that do that announcement, you know, or or some of these people that have an audience. But generally speaking... I don't think that's a good strategy. Build it and they will come. What's been your experience? I agree with you that some people have false expectations. Like I've got the world's greatest screwdriver. If I show it to Stanley, the manufacturer of a lot of screwdrivers, they're just going to want to buy it right away, you know, type of thing. And that's not the case. But you do have to build it to get something to show people. And, you know, people talk about this minimally viable product because you do need to show what it is you've got. And that what the, and so you can get people to understand, as you said, to the benefits of what it is you're offering. You can't not not do it. You can't just sell an idea based on, you can, but it's very much harder. Just sell the idea on the benefits and then build it after that. It doesn't always work. You need to show people. I think in that case, we talked about this in a previous episode, you know, the Big Mac sandwich from McDonald's created by one of the franchisees. He built it tested it out of his own store, didn't succeed because it had the wrong name. And then he changed the name, still no success. But then when they, they came up with the third name, with the help of McDonald's itself, the Big Mac, that helped launch the product. So just because you built this great sandwich doesn't mean people are going to love it. They didn't understand what it was. But it wasn't sold properly in the beginning. It's a myth. People will suddenly beat a path to your door right away. Some cases it can, but in a lot of cases it doesn't. You're listening to Conversations on Startups with Doug and Glenn. Thanks for joining us. Let's get back to the show. Well, and where the concern comes in or the risk comes in is if you spend a lot of time and money and other resources doing this, and then you start to get feedback. That's the particular case that I'm talking about. What you're talking about with these smaller steps that maybe don't cost a lot of money, maybe nothing, but shaping it in some way 
creating some sort of prototype or yep. minimally viable product and then getting it out to people, seeing how it resonates with them, figuring out how to talk about it. All of those things I totally am on board with. And if you do that in small steps and small investments of time, blood, sweat, tears, all of that, you can be successful. It's the guy who's building, uh, let's just call it a time machine in his garage for 10 years and then is going to launch it to the world on day 10 year plus one. Uh, yeah. That's the concern that, that I've seen. And it just doesn't seem to work that way. Yep. All right. Well, we've talked a lot about myths in the last two episodes. There are a lot of them out there. You know, if you're an entrepreneur, basically just keep moving forward at the end of the day. Take action every day and don't let these things get in your way that, you know, you're not smart enough. It's going to happen tomorrow. Just keep plugging. You do not know. Things could change in an instant, but you got to take action. You got to keep moving forward. Any other suggestions for entrepreneurs there, Doug? Well, I like that one. Things do change and you, you know, a market could open up you have no idea. And if you've done work, you know, I think some of these overnight successes, they're successes because they were ready. They were doing the work and then something changed, you yes. know, like the guy who was um, investing in pulp mills, you know, and then suddenly there was a run on toilet paper, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> stuff like that. So yeah, I love the action oriented message. I think that is that's a critical element of it. You cannot do entrepreneurship on your computer at home. I mean, you can communicate with people. What I meant to say is you can't do it in isolation. And based on just studying known things that are out there, uh, secondary sources, you've got to go out there into the street, wherever your customers might be or potential customers and uh, get to know them, interact with them. That's going to help propel you forward and build momentum. That's right. Don't let myths stop you. Conversations on Startups is a production of Glenn Seward and Douglas Ross. We hope you're having fun listening, but mostly that you take action on your business idea. For more inspiration, visit our websites, todaysgreatidea.com and sparkclickgo.com. Another episode of Conversations on Startups will drop soon or is already available to binge. Thanks for joining us and remember to subscribe and invite your friends. See you next time.